When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Diet culture is a $70 billion industry. So they know oh, all these people are at a point now where they're really insecure in their bodies. They've mm-hmm. just eaten probably more than they normally do. They're feeling like they need to lose weight. So let's send out all this messaging around new year, new me, start this diet, drop all the weight. But I think if people, again, take a step back and think, okay, the past five years, I've made the same resolution. So something's not working. But I think what so many people do with diets is they blame themselves without realizing No, it's actually the diet that's failing you. Hello, welcome back, y'all. And thank you again, Alex, over at at Booth Tunes on Instagram for that amazing intro music. I love you. Thank you so, 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 so much. I'm going to continue to thank you forever. Amen. I know this is a little sooner than expected, but honestly, I did not want to hold this episode back any longer. You guys might already know what you're getting into. This episode is all about diets, diet culture, why they don't work. We're going to bust through some myths. I had so much fun and also had a couple panic attacks throughout this episode, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. It is the new year, officially 2020, which is great, and this is an exciting time of year. It's also a really tough time of year um, at the same time. Here is where I think we have a really cool opportunity to really dig into self-reflection and make some conscious choices in what we want for ourselves moving forward. In that, we definitely get distracted by what society sells us on when it comes to happiness and creating the life you want and finding fulfillment. A big part of that is the myth that a smaller body will bring you all of the other things that you hope for. And these other things can be anything from the emotional experience of confidence or self-love to the tangible desires like jobs, friend groups, a family, or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. This episode truly was supposed to air next Monday, 
But really, because the push to engage in, in diet culture is at the highest at this time of year, I think it only makes sense for me to get this episode out as soon as possible. It's a good one. However, I will preface this with this is truly just a beginning. This is a first step. This is a first conversation. There are five million different things that I and my guest could have zeroed in on here. And in the future, we probably will do that with some of them. But today we really tried to focus mainly for the mainstream listener why diets are not great ideas, why you don't need to go on one, and what you may need instead. I also want to take a second to express that nothing we talk about is to shame you in this episode. If you started a diet, if you're thinking about one, if you've tried one in the past, I mean, that all makes sense. Of course you would want to try them. They promise happiness and all these great things. And why wouldn't you want to be happy? And why wouldn't you want to have great things? In reality, diets really are the antithesis of befriending your body. And the relationship you have with your body is the longest relationship you will ever be in or have. So I think it only makes sense that you would want this to be a good one. With that being said, I think it is time you hear the truth from someone who is trained, someone who has done the actual research, and someone who doesn't get anything out of you buying into what she says. Enter my dear friend, Dylan Murphy. Some of you may know her. She's amazing. Dylan is such a joy to be around. You're going to see that right from the beginning. Being around Dylan, even in conversations that cause me high stress like this one, is pretty delightful. She is pretty great at what she does, and I actually refer a lot of my clients to her when they need help around topics that I'm not trained in, like what they should be eating. So let's not wait any longer, and let's get this started. Welcome. Woo. <laughs> well, we have Dylan Murphy, which I'm really excited about. And we have a really, how would I put this? Uh, this will be a very emotion-fueling episode for me, but also informational episode yes. for all of you people. Eye-opening. Eye-opening episode for you guys. It's all about diets. It is right now. It's January 1st, 2020. Happy New Year. New Year. Um, I haven't Not even me. let you say say hi yet hi Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> they probably think i'm a boy first <laughs> dylan yeah. girl boy dylan is a girl she is a registered dietitian do you want, i don't what else do you say about your certifications pretty much that registered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i sometimes i'll say registered dietitian nutritionist because yeah. that certification helps people know the difference between well kind of helps the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist what is the difference between a dietitian and nutritionist for those Good that don't know? Question. So a dietitian goes to school for five plus years. Now it's actually like closer to seven. So they have an undergrad degree in nutrition, a one-year residency in nutrition, and then they have to pass a board continuing education every five years. A nutritionist can just take like an online course. So Like a health coach? Yes. So some nutritionists may have like six months some may have a four-week online thing that they watched it's not regulated at all by any regulating body so yeah i'm nice. making a face because i feel like yes. that's terrifying yes but they'll throw out nutrition advice all over instagram all over mm. everywhere so dietitians yeah. are basically like the nutrition experts the people you should go to just like 
a dentist is who you should go to to get your teeth cleaned. You want to see yeah. the expert. <laughs> so I like can't even hold myself back, and we've been recording this for two <laughs> seconds. Don't um, hold back. because yeah, I think that's an important thing. Obviously, that we're going to get to. If you need help with food, you go to somebody who knows how to help you with food. Yes. I will say a little personal experience. I, in my depths of my dis- own disordered eating, had a midlife. I don't think I ever told you this. No, I'm excited. I, to had, <laughs> I had a crisis of identity. My the end of my scene. No, the beginning of my senior year of college, which I was on track to become a therapist at that point and go to grad school for to be a therapist. At that point, I want to be a marriage and family therapist, was, oh. which that would have been the biggest mistake ever because I don't do well with couples. <laughs> I'm anyway. only laughing just because I can't picture you. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. <laughs> um, no, I would never do that. But anyway, so I was like in the depths of my, like, I didn't know I had an eating disorder at all. I just thought that I was like being, being really healthy. And um, I was like, I want to help people get healthy now. And so I was like, I went and talked to the the dietitian people like the what is what is the word that i'm looking for i went and talked to the their program director or whatever it was like wellness like in the i went to go talk to the people that were in charge of the dietitian program at the school i was at (laughs) changed my major yeah and she was like you can't get a a degree in nutrition too far gone yes so um anyway advisors yes (laughs) um so i was like okay what i'll do is i'll Anyway, fast forward, I like go to Vanderbilt to get my uh, master's in counseling and I'm like, I'm going to do both of these things. And I got an online certification. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it is. At, the point, at that point, I still didn't know what I was yeah. doing was wrong. And it was interesting how I figured out that it was wrong, but I, I'm not going to say what program I got because I'm sure some people, list, I don't, I just don't want to say that. But I paid for it. Like, I got a second job. I paid for the whole thing, like, in cash. And I got a a certification Mm -hmm. in, I don't even know what it was, in nutrition. So I could be a health coach. And what I learned throughout that program and at the same time I was going to therapy is that I was getting certified to help other people have eating disorders. Yeah. So I was like, what? And I passed all the tests and maybe only listened to one or two of the... Um, lectures. So mm-hmm. I didn't even listen to the stuff. Yeah. So I just got the certification that people saw and would probably think like, she can help me do whatever mm-hmm. I need to do. And I probably would have harmed a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm happy to report oh I never gosh. used that. I, it used to be on my Facebook. I, I don't think it's still on I there. I think that when it, we first became friends, you probably like, I what? think that was on there. And I was like, what is this? Who is this girl? Yeah. I, I knew that if it's still on there, I need to take it off. I never used it. Wow. I ever in my life i never plan on using it if anybody asks me for food advice i usually am like i have no idea what to tell you which is good yeah but anyway. a lot of people don't know that difference yes. they think a nutritionist and a dietitian are the yeah. same thing which i will say asterisk in other countries some people like nutritionists Different. may have the same certification as dietitians but, but here in, in america US, no. okay well that's a good way to start so before uh, we need a backtrack <laughs> Um, I <laughs> do you want to give, um, cause I know you, mm-hmm. I work with Dylan pretty often yeah. with, um, mutual clients. So some of you might, Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> hi people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but do you want to give a brief intro? Who are you? What you do? And maybe just a little bit about you. 
and how we met. Yeah. So, like we said quite a few times, my name's Dylan, and I. <laughs> but in case you haven't, <laughs> haven't heard. caught that yet. <laughs> um, Her first I, name's Margaret. <laughs> you can call me Margaret, Margie. <laughs> Anyway, I am a dietitian. So I've been a dietitian for about, I guess, five years now. Originally, I went to school to be a dietitian more with the idea that kind of I was going to help people lose weight and kind of do more of the just popular fad diet type thing. And when I moved to Nashville, and that's where I got my nutrition training here in Nashville. After Where I, was... Yeah, go ahead. Where was your internship? At Vanderbilt. So okay. that's what moved me here. So I grew up in South Carolina, moved to Nashville, went to Clemson, shameless plug, go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> and Kat's a huge football fan. I love football a lot. And is that an SEC school? No, oh, it's ACC. It We're is. going to the national championship. It is SEC? ACC. Oh, I don't, I've actually never heard of that. So, okay. Hold on. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> anyway, went to Clemson, graduated 2014, moved here to do my internship at Vanderbilt for a year, and then started my career working in a nursing home for three years, which is very different than what I do now. <laughs> very different. That's insane. Yeah. It's so different I mean, than what I do that's now. needed. Um, but that's really where... So, backtracking a little bit. All throughout college, I knew I wanted to start my own business, work, kind of be my own boss, work with people. But I didn't know in what way, like what I wanted to specialize in. So working at a nursing home for three years, I started to notice, wow, there's a lot of people who still have very messed up relationships with food or cutting out carbs when they don't need to or doing all these restrictions Mm -hmm. and they're 80 years old. Like they shoot Mm -hmm. a hamburger if they want it. And so that's kind of what sparked more of this. I want to be able to catch people when they're in their 20s, their 30s, well before they get to later years um so started my business i guess two years ago now around two years ago and uh, yeah so that's what i do now i work a lot with cat because we see similar people i work a lot with people with eating disorders body image concerns and really helping people walk away from just the crazy cycle of fad diets okay so one question that i ask everybody who comes in here (laughs) is have you ever been to therapy before Yes, I have. What is your experience in that? I loved therapy. I So I went to therapy, let's see, 2016, I think it was. So kind of a backstory. I grew up kind of as that girl who on the outside had it all together. Got good grades, homecoming queen, played all the sports. You're did the all homecoming queen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shameless, Shameless plug. plug. <laughs> but I say that to help paint this picture. Yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. On the outside, I was like, oh, Dylan has it all together. She got into the college she wanted to go to. I just like thought I had it all together. And so went through all of that to say, fast forward, was in this relationship end of senior year, freshman year of co- end of senior year of high school, freshman year of college that was terrible. It was a very abusive relationship, emotionally verbally abusive relationship and it was the first relationship I'd ever been in um, like a long-term dating relationship but I think in that I started to think that that was normal so taking the fact that I felt like I had to always have it together Mm -hmm. and I was in this very hard depressing type relationship I felt like I had to put this persona on the outside of okay I have it all together but then when I was behind closed doors I could just 
cry my eyes out and be miserable, but I couldn't let anyone know that anything was wrong. And so finally it started to click with the help of my amazing friends in college that this relationship was not life giving, that this was really changing a lot about me and a lot Mm -hmm. about who I am or who I was and am now. So finally I broke up with that guy, but I still vividly remember walking away from that relationship being like, I'm, I have it all together. I didn't even cry when we broke up. I didn't even cry. I didn't have, I didn't lay on the couch. I wasn't even sad. And I basically flaunted that around like a trophy of like, Oh yeah, I I don't feel sad. Like I am strong. I like, I'm a badass. I, I got it all together. And I thought that that was cool, that that was good. And so went throughout college, did my thing. And then I guess senior year of college, I got into another relationship and this relationship was more like a more serious relationship. I think it was like two and a half years, maybe it was a long relationship. And it was one of those where, Oh my gosh, I'm going to marry this guy. Like Mm -hmm. we're talking about rings. It was long distance for a lot of it. I was here in Nashville and he was back at Clemson and then he ended up moving to Nashville. And so I was like, Oh, this is like, we're getting married for sure. Everyone loves us. Like blah, blah, blah. And out of nowhere, a, a month before he moves to Nashville, he breaks up with me and it's a blindsided breakup. It, it wrecked me. I think Mm -hmm. that was finally the point. It was almost like the breaking point where it was, where almost like, I feel like God was like, Dylan, you cannot act like you have it all together anymore. It took me much longer to like bounce back than it had. And I literally started to get to a point where I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. Like I was Mm -hmm. just feeling so depressed. And so I was having like panic attacks and it just, I did not feel myself because I was like, Oh, I'm this bubbly girl, life of the party, like always want to do things. And I just did not want to go to dinner with friends. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to do anything. And so at that point I was like, I think I need help. Mm -hmm. And so one of my friends was seeing this therapist who she just raved about. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll go see her too. So I shot her an email and I guess with therapists, or I don't know if certain therapists do this, where they, if you're close friends with someone, they don't want to mm-hmm. also see you. And so this is one of my best friends. And so this therapist, who's funny, now we work together with mutual clients, but this therapist connected me with my therapist, Kate Hughes, who I love. So I went into therapy for the first time and it's one of those experiences I can still, I feel like I'm like <laughs> feeling it right now. Mm-hmm. which has shown how much I've grown. Cause usually I'd be like, Oh, like yeah. whatever did therapy, um, went in. And I just remember feeling so uncomfortable because uh-huh. it's like, you have to talk about all of your mess. And so we talked about it and it was kind of like peeling back the layers. But I think one thing that stands out to me the most about therapy. And one thing I'll never forget is when I was kind of giving like a timeline for Kate about my relationships and kind of what's gotten me to where I was at that point in time is after I talked through everything, Kate looked at me and was like, do you realize the weight of the words that you just, or the weight of the story that you just told me? And I was like, no, I don't think I do. Like, I think that I'm telling it like it's not my story. Like, I think I'm telling it like it's someone else. Tell, like I'm telling someone else's story. Um, so I think at that point forward, therapy was really life giving for me. Cause it was like, okay, you can not have it all together and people will still want to be your friend and they'll still think you're cool. If you say no to doing something because you just need to stay home. Um, so yeah, long answer to your question, but all that to say, I'm a huge fan of therapy mm-hmm. and I honestly don't think I would 
have the practice I do now, nutrition practice I do now, if it wasn't for therapy. Because well, there's just like so much. Uh, I like that you said like anybody, even if you do have it all together. Yeah. There's so much that you learn that you didn't even know was an opportunity. Yes. Like the, there, you know, there's space to learn that, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the reasons I love the people who have like worked on the stuff they came to see me for yeah. they're like okay well that's done but I'm still coming because yeah. like who knows what else I can figure out about myself yeah and the other thing I want to say is this is funny because you could have ended up being my client at that time yes that's right thank god you didn't I know because then, then we could be friends, be friends. <laughs> but that's why I think that's kind of how I first knew who you were too really yeah because oh, yeah. I like saw your name I was like, oh my gosh, and she teaches at Cycle Bar. And then I went to your class and I was like, wow, now I have like two therapists. Like, <laughs> I can go to Cat Cycle classes and it's therapy, therapy. And then I go to Kate and have my real therapy. Real therapy. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I just love people's stories when they talk about that. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. I like saying my first like memories of yeah. people. You used to come. I remember my first memory. To- Oh God! That's so creepy. What was it? No, it was so sweet. I was in. I had just gotten engaged. That's what I was going to say. Okay, it was the nicest thing. What did I do? So it was after Labor (laughs) Day. (laughs) It was after Labor Day because I got engaged Labor Uh Day weekend, 2017, and I think it was your Tuesday 5:45 Uh class, which is the best. And you were saying something. I think it was during the Connect ride, talking about like how people's Labor Day, whether it was really good, whether it was really bad. And then you're like, and maybe some of you got engaged, like Dylan. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she knows me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> it was so I sweet. don't remember saying that. And I just remember saying something. I thought I said something in the beginning of the ride, but I don't. I, I think probably you said did something at the beginning and during and after. <laughs> I get really excited when people get and engaged. And then I signed up for an unlimited min- membership. <laughs> Cells, attention cells. So yeah, that was my. Well, I knew who you were before because you always came. But yeah. I do remember seeing you got. Did you get engaged at the beach in Charleston? Okay, on on the water. On the water. Okay. Yeah, isn't that weird that I know that? Yeah. Um. No, not weird at all. And and then when we learned that we did similar things, and then I remember going to Frothy Monkey. Yes. With you, and you're like, how did I was newer in private practice probably. Um, and you were just talking about like, what did you do? And how did you, I remember one of the things are just so funny now. It's like, well, you just got to really use your Instagram. (laughs) I remember And uh, I clearly am not the best at that. And now I always ask Dylan, like, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And how do you do this? Cause she's like really good at the gram. And I, I you know, I am just, you know, trucking along with my thousand followers. But still, they're loyal. Yeah. Yeah, The thousand followers are loyal. Um, But anyway, so that's that. So we have Dylan here because there's some things that I want to talk about. And I actually get a lot of questions from um, friends and clients and just people from the interwebs about (coughs) some of this stuff. And again, I'm a therapist, not I'm a therapist who works with eating disorders who, of course, I deal with food, but I didn't go to school with to an online training record. <laughs> so I have no official information. And so I want to talk about some of this stuff because it really fires me up. And um, it's the new year. And I know a lot of you people are probably thinking, um, I got to change things up and I'm going to try this. And this is the year that I'm going to hit my goal weight. And um, this is the year that I'm going to feel good about my body. And to do that, I'm going to do this keto diet because so-and-so on Instagram told me that it works. And in 30 days, I'll feel whatever. And all of that, and I actually was talking about today, 
in my I just taught a class uh, talking about how like yes the new year is that you can have that as a fresh start but it doesn't have to be and it, you can it can be a continuation of the things you've already been working on and also I think we need to start to take the pressure off that things don't have to like be fast and be quick yeah. and it's not about it's not about so much of getting to the place as fast as we can it's just like how do we get to the place that we want to go so diets get you places real fast yeah and then they get you places you don't want to be also very fast. usually even faster yeah yeah as a dietitian because i have my own personal feelings i mm-hmm. would like to know your food philosophy one and like yeah. what that even means because people might not even know what i mean by that and then also what is your opinion on diets or dieting not even yeah. specific ones just the act in of general. dieting in general yeah. yeah so i'll start with food philosophy because that can kind of help explain my opinion on dieting too so with food philosophy i guess it's kind of saying like what is my opinion on food or maybe like what is the way I practice with my clients because it's I mean like any other field there's so many different ways you can do it and there's ways that are way more evidence-based and there's ways that aren't rooted in evidence whatsoever so my philosophy is really helping people get back to the idea that food is meant to nourish yes our body but also our mind and our soul and so food is so much more than just fuel and it brings people together oh, I gotta, I'm sorry <laughs> I'm going to stop you a lot but no, it's okay. I like that you said that because I feel like a lot of the stuff that you see now it's not meant to be harmful I don't think I don't yeah. think I really don't think anything on the internet is meant to be yeah. harmful so let's just say that first but you'll see a lot of times of people being like food is fuel and mm-hmm. how do you fuel your body and all of that and so that's an interesting perspective from somebody who knows the insides yeah. and outsides of of food and your body that you yeah. don't look at it that way it's not just something that helps you be able to wake up and walk yes okay because obviously yes that's a purpose food serves but it's so much more than that mm-hmm. like if you think about different cultures or different area like the south and the north and just how different foods are more popular and I mean, anyone can think about like, oh, I remember growing up and my mom always made these homemade chocolate chip cookies mm-hmm. that were my favorite or it just brings so many memories. And I think from from diets, it takes that out of food and really makes food just about fuel or even more so about like punishment where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I have all these great memories with cookies or ice cream or maybe bread or whatever it may be, but diets turn those into like demons in our life mm-hmm. that we can't can't enjoy mm-hmm. um and so kind of going back to my food philosophy with that the way i practice with my clients is through a non-diet approach and what that means is kind of going off of what i've been saying of really taking diets out of the picture so we don't talk about numbers we don't talk about calories measuring weighing all of that and really letting the client be the expert of their body mm-hmm. so understanding what it means to listen to your hunger cues, listen to your fullness cues, honor just what foods sound good to you. I have a lot of clients come to me after like months and months or years and years of diets and they're like, I don't even know what foods I like because all I know is, you know, I've been doing this keto diet forever, so I'm not allowed to eat carbs. So do I, what carbs do I like? And that's always kind of fun, though, because it's almost helping people rediscover that aspect of food, that it's more than fuel. And I feel like sometimes, well, I don't, I, this is for me, 
when you're operating in the diet mentality or good food, bad food mentality, Mm -hmm. this is a funny memory I have, but (laughs) it's not funny, it's sad, but I think you also trick your, not even saying like, I don't know what foods I like. We trick ourselves to think that we like foods that we don't Yes. because in college, my senior year of college was a challenging food year for me, but I was very super restrictive and I, there's only certain foods I would let myself eat, Mm -hmm. I could, there were like 10 of them. And one of them was baby carrots. (laughs) I went through so many things. My hands were like orange. Like that happens. Yes. Um, Oh yeah. But I remember telling one of my friends, because they were like, how are you? Of course, everybody's like, you're so strong. Yeah. And so I wish I could eat like oh you. And I'm like, I wish I could eat you like so you. You have so much willpower. You have so much willpower. And she was like, how do you like not, how do you always just eat? I was always eating baby carrots. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know what? <laughs> I was like, I just tell myself that baby carrots taste like Doritos because they're orange. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. They don't. Yeah. FYI, they don't. And I don't think I really, they ever did. I just like mm-hmm. told myself that. And, and yeah. one thing that I, I am strong willed so I can like trick myself. Yeah. But I like, I mean, I like baby carrots, but I don't remember the last time I bought them. That yeah. wasn't for like a veggie tray for a party. Yes. So. And they don't taste like Doritos. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not even close. Doritos. Doritos taste like Doritos. Yeah. They're good. Um, anyways, I got you off track, but I had um, to say that. So another aspect of a non-diet approach, kind of going off of what you were saying with good versus bad food, is taking the guilt and the anxiety out of food. And so the reason that labeling foods is good or bad is bad is because it gives us this guilt following it's like a moral yes it's giving food morality yeah which food doesn't need morality it's not a living thing (laughs) like actually makes no sense yeah and so if you think about when you do something bad of course it's going to follow with guilt shame and then it also follows with oh my gosh i did something bad now i need to do something to make up for that so let's say you eat a food that you've labeled as bad then you're like okay, now I need to compensate for that by working out, by restricting tomorrow, by not eating the rest of the day. But then also in reverse with things that are good, when you label food as good, it then almost gives you this idea of like, okay, I did something good, so now I can do something bad. Like I had this good food for dinner, so now I can have this bad food after. So it's almost But then like, it's a cycle because then you feel bad after you eat the yes. bad food. So it's like a hamster wheel. You can't yeah. get off. But then it's also like your decisions aren't even based on what you want or what you don't want. It's more so based on like, okay, I need something that's good right now. So what fits into this good category? And then since I had this good thing or I did this good thing, now I can do something bad. But then when that's the okay, cycle So it's starts. not even what it, you said. It's not what you want. It also truly isn't what you need either yeah. because your body is probably needing the things that you're not letting it yeah. have. Goodness. All right. So that's a little background on how you view things. Yeah. So I want to get into um, some pain points for me. Yes. Before we get started, I have a perspective of, because I do work with a lot of, obviously, I work with eating disorders. So I think a lot of people have the mindset that, well, this doesn't apply to me and I can do diets and I can do these things because I don't have that issue. But what I would like to say before we dive into this is it does apply to you. And so just because you aren't struggling with it now doesn't mean that you, that can't be something that hits you. 
and that's probably part of why you're going to talk about yeah. they don't work. But so I just want to say that to if you are already thinking, well, I can do this thing and it works for me, I'm I'm going to prove to you that. Yes. <laughs> and you may not even realize how a diet is impacting your life because maybe you've been doing it for so long, mm-hmm. but when you take a step back and think of, okay, how is this affecting just my life in general? Like mm-hmm. that's a question I always ask people when they're considering a diet is one, is this sustainable? Like, is this something mm-hmm. I can see myself doing a year from now, five years from now? But also, how is this going to impact my life, like my Mm -hmm. mental health, my just day-to-day interactions with people? Am I going to have to say no to happy hours with friends? Am I going to have to bring my own food to dinner parties? Or am I going to have to skip breakfast so I can go to this lunch Mm -hmm. thing? Or So then you may not realize how that's impacting you, but after weeks and weeks and months and months of doing that. Or years. Or years. Looking back now, I can see that, like, I missed out on so much stuff, and I also became a freaking weirdo. Yeah. Like, I um didn't go to my very last date party ever in college because I drove home to Nashville six hours to oh run a half marathon. <gasps> oh. I can run half marathons for the rest of my life. Yeah. Why did I, I can, one last. Yeah. So it's like I didn't, I didn't, now I regret that because I'm like, mm-hmm. I missed the last big party with all my college yeah. friends. And now I can see that I missed out on something. But then I was like, no, this is, this is healthy. I'm yeah. Down. Like I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I have oh. different priorities. I'm yeah. Like, no, I don't. I do want to take a step back because I don't think we touched on, I, I just want to kind of talk about this for a second mm-hmm. before we dive into the specific diets. In the new year, 90% of resolutions are based on losing weight. Yeah. Do you see a lot of people coming in in the new year being like, okay, it's the new year. I want to, I want to lose weight. Like I want to go on a diet or I want to. Yes. Is that what you see? Absolutely. I think a lot of it is, oh, I think it's a few things. I think one big thing is we just went through the holidays and a lot of people, especially if you've been dieting all year, use the holidays almost as like an, an excuse, excuse to just do whatever. Mm-hmm. And also when they've come from diets, it's more like, okay, I've been having this strict lifestyle for maybe, you know, 10 months of the year. Mm-hmm. So now I can just binge and go mm-hmm. all out. And so it's that kind of all or nothing mentality where then it's like, okay, January 1st, I'm going to start a new diet and get back on track. I think also all of the different like companies, like food companies, restaurants, commercials, all of that mm-hmm. have caught onto that. And diet culture is a $70 billion industry. So they know, oh, all these people are at a point now where they're really insecure in their bodies. They've mm-hmm. just eaten probably more than they normally do. They're feeling like they need to lose weight. So let's send out all this messaging around new year, new me, start this diet, drop all the weight, you know, lose all your holiday weight. And then you'll be happy. Yes. <laughs> like this is the key to happiness. Mm-hmm. But I think if people, again, take a step back and think, okay, the past five years, I've made the same resolution. So something's not working. But I think what so many people do with diets is they blame themselves. So when you try a diet and it doesn't last, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough willpower. I'm a failure. Maybe I just need to try a different diet without realizing, no, it's actually the diet that's failing you. Like diets have a 95% failure rate. They don't and Which is crazy yes. that people are like, oh, because that stat's been out there yeah. a, for a while. For a long time. And it's crazy that people are like, oh, this has a 95% yeah. failure rate. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you're, we're setting ourselves up to be feel even shittier about yeah. ourselves after it doesn't work. And then, again, you said we blame ourselves. Yeah. When, no, like, 
you they like have you nothing got a to do with you. It's set, chance of su- yeah, succeeding. Diets are set up for mm-hmm. you to fail mm-hmm. because the people that and this is so sad and I'm not sure if this is a conscious thing that everybody start whoever yeah. creates the diets does this consciously but they are created for you to fail at yeah. them like that's they aren't created in a way that helps you sustain long lasting yeah. success well and because they, they want you to need them or something they want you to come back because they want your money. Yeah. That's the thing about, especially these big name diet companies, like they don't want you to get completely quote unquote better and move on with your life. They basically want you to fail because then they, you keep signing up and you keep coming back. And that's just sick. Like that's sad that people, I just got a, like a visceral feeling in my body. Cause I started thinking about beach body. Mm, gosh. <laughs> it's like, that is a me. huge, yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's let's go. F- <laughs> like lay, I had to lay down. <laughs> if you had a visual of me, I'm laying I down on like, the couch. <laughs> I'm about to be pacing. It's, it's literally about. My palms are sweating. <laughs> say, I need somebody to give me therapy. Okay. So let's move forward because I do want to talk about specific diets. And there are a couple that I that come to my head, and I'm sure that you know more of them, but a couple that come to my head. Keto, of course, Beach Body, which is that the same as the 21 Day Fix? Yes. Okay. So 21. Oh my god! Like, if anybody says like we're, we can change your life in 21 yeah. days, like that should be a red. Yeah, freaking it flat. takes longer than that to form a new habit. So oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. So there's that. There is uh, any juice cleanse, paleo, which has been around for a while, Whole30, which I can, I mean, that will make me hyperventilate. Yeah. And then there's also specific like little fad things that I just have come up throughout the year. Yeah. Specifically, I mentioned to you celery juice. Mm. Which yeah, I, I could talk. don't understand I that. could talk. Okay. I could write a book about um, that. Ugh. Okay. I want you to, I don't even know where we should start. Like, should we get, just go through each diet? diet? At a time. Yeah. So, I want to know, I don't really know a lot about keto diet. Mm-hmm. I know Let's talk the, about it. the basics of it. I know that it's fucked up. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I know, like, it's kind of gross. Yeah. The things that you have to eat, yeah. too. So tell me, I guess, what they sell you on mm-hmm. and then what people should know of why it isn't a good option for you. Because it just doesn't sound, we want to talk about we're getting ourselves healthy. To yeah. me, it doesn't sound healthy. Yeah. So a backstory on keto, which a lot of people may not know, is the keto diet's been around since like the 1920s. It's not new. Yeah. Oh. But. I thought like somebody recently invented this. No. And the keto diet. It originated to help people with epilepsy, which is like seizure disorder, because basically, and it's still kind of like blurry. They can't figure out exactly why it works, but it helps people who have frequent seizures. It reduces their seizure activity. That's a really hard word to say. Reduces their seizure activity. So started in the 1920s for that. So I think it was in like the 1990s, Dateline did a story on this kid who had epilepsy and it, the keto diet really helped his seizures, and then that kind of sparked back up this keto diet kind of what it even is. And so then people started, I guess, I don't exactly know how it transitioned from being used for epilepsy mm-hmm. to being used for weight loss, but I think, assuming people probably started to notice, oh, there's also people losing weight on this. Mm-hmm. What the keto diet is, is 5% of your daily energy needs come from carbs, is what they're saying. And what a normal carbohydrate recommendation would be is like close to like 40 to 60% of your daily energy needs coming from carbs. So that's a very, very, very low amount of carbs. And the funny thing too, a lot of people who do keto aren't actually 
doing keto because they're not consuming that low of calories. They're not, I mean, carbs. They're not even consuming, they're consuming way more than 5%. All of that to say what the keto is, very high fat, very, very low carbs. It's kind so of. So is it like Atkins? That's what I was about to say. It's more like a modern day Atkins diet that's a Which little is bit stricter. Gross as well. Yeah. I just remember um, people eating just like a, like a lot of bacon. Yes. <laughs> lots of bacon, <laughs> lots of cheese, which are great foods. I love bacon and I love cheese. But if you eat a lot of ha- high fat foods, it just, you don't feel like it you just. You can't feel good. Yeah. You don't feel good. <laughs> like it just kind of feels, I don't know. You just don't feel great. And everything with the keto diet, there's no research, one, showing anything about the long-term effects. So if you think about, one, you're already doing something, starting a fad diet that, like we mentioned earlier, diets have a 95% fail rate. So you're starting something that's already destined to fail, and you're starting something that has no research on the long-term benefits. So you have no clue. It seems like that could like hurt yes. you. Yeah. And what they're realizing is, obviously, by eating high amounts of fat, that's going to be impacting your blood pressure, your cholesterol levels. So you may lose weight at first, but then you're also going to increase your cholesterol levels, increase your blood sugar or blood pressure levels. So it's like you're sacrificing one thing to get this just thing that everyone glorifies of weight loss. But with, and this kind of... So what I hear you saying is you're sacrificing your overall health yeah. to get the image of a body that you want. Yes. And I think that's where, which if we're going to do plenty of just straight up body image episodes, yeah. but that's where I think there's an issue of like, why would you sacrifice yeah. all of these things? You, you also, when you're talking about this, it sounds like very regimented that yeah. I, you would have to like... You can't be a normal social no. person with having to pay that much attention to how many carbs. I don't yeah. know how you have, have no to idea how many carbs no. I eat in a day. You have so. to measure things, and the thing is too with car. I know when when you hear the word carbs, a lot of times people think you know bread, chips, rice, pasta, but a lot of our like vegetables fruit. and fruit have carbs in them. So it's very very limiting. It also is setting you up for deficiencies and certain vitamins that you're not going to be consuming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. It's not healthy so whatsoever. I th- yeah, I would just want to make the point that if you're willing to sacrifice, if you hear that and you're like, well, I still, it works. I see people when yeah. it works and they keep it off. If you're still willing to sacrifice like your overall health, that's really scary to me for the image or whatever body you're looking for. That's a whole other issue yeah. of why is that more important yes. to you? And what do you really think that being able to fit in this size or being able to get your arms or your legs to look like yeah. that, why is that more important than your actual health. Yeah. Uh, And I think what people don't notice, and I think this is why diets continue to be so popular is say you lose the weight. Like there's no denying the fact that from the keto diet, you'll lose weight short term. You'll lose weight fast. You're going to gain it all back because you're not going to cut out carbs forever. mm -hmm. But when you do lose that weight, your negative body image doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. You still have that same mindset and you may even lose the weight and then think, okay, now I need to lose more. Mm -hmm. So really what, you're or missing what, what if, you need to focus on. This is the other scary thing that comes up a lot. Is like you lose the weight and then you're like, well, this was supposed to make me feel better. So you lost the weight and then you're, then you find something yeah. else wrong with you. Yes. And then it, that becomes a whole deeper, deeper, yes. deeper hole. We could go on a tangent with yeah. that one if we wanted to. What do you say to people that come to you and are like, I'm doing keto. Do you say like, don't. <laughs> so <laughs> don't I... Do Well, I make my messaging very clear that I'm, like I mentioned earlier, work from like a non-diet approach. But obviously, I think a big thing that I try and do really well 
is validate people's thoughts and their ideas. So knowing, I mean, it makes sense you would want to try this diet because we live in a culture that glorifies weight loss. We live in a culture that makes you think the smaller you are, the more accomplishments, the more confidence you'll have, you'll get that job, you'll marry this guy. And none of that should be true. Sadly, it's true for a lot of, in a lot of areas. Um, but yeah, so I, I tell that to people. I have many clients who come to me having been on the keto diet or maybe are still on it. And so we work to transition off of it because it is a hard diet because it's so strict. It's one you kind of have to like come off gently. That's a literal lifestyle. Yeah. But you are you meaning from like a health standpoint of yeah. like you can't just like stop doing that because you can hurt yourself? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people probably do that. Yeah. Well, and that's where... Because the thing with weight cycling, when you're dropping weight and gaining weight back, that's really harmful for your body. A lot of inflammation affects your blood pressure, has so many different impacts on your body, affects your heart health. Like you go on a diet because you think, oh, I want to get healthy. Maybe I want to lose weight. I want to lower my cholesterol. I want to do X, Y, Z. But then dieting leads to weight cycling. Weight cycling causes all the things that you're going on the diet for. So it like doesn't end up helping you it ends up feeding more into the problems that maybe one aren't even problems in the first place but makes some problems maybe even worse Mm -hmm. talking about like blood levels and that sort Mm -hmm. of thing but yeah so the keto diet's one you have to i mean reintroduce carbs but to try it's not like i'm trying to help people not gain back the weight they lost because they may need to gain that weight back but it's to help prevent any of the negative effects from that weight cycling that could happen Yes, this is terrifying. I know, um, but it's I, crazy. Also, this came up because I don't think we mentioned this in the beginning. What do you do when mm-hmm. people come to you and say, "Hey, yeah. I want to lose weight"? Yeah. Do you ever feel like it is appropriate to support somebody in trending down when it comes in regards to their weight? So. The way I approach that, and it's very much a fine line, but when people come to me telling me, Dylan, I just really need to lose weight, maybe they have a certain number of pounds that they want to lose, I dig much deeper into that and thinking through, okay, what what do you think that's going to bring you? Like, if you re- reach that weight, if you drop those pounds, what are you looking for? And so maybe it's, well, I want to improve my energy levels, or I want to make sure I'm around for my grandkids, or I want to be able, I just want to feel more empowered when I'm cooking foods at home. So then with that, it's like, okay, so you're not really, the weight isn't the big picture. It's more the behaviors that we want to focus on. Weight is a symptom. So let's say you don't eat breakfast at all. Your body, you may see a trend and you may see your body weight trend up or you're not drinking water or you're drinking tons of Coke every day or different behaviors where weight loss is a symptom. Weight is a symptom <gasps> of a behavior. Weight is a symptom of behavior. So you're trying. Okay. So like that. we're focusing on the behavior, but I want to say this well over everything that we just said about that is I practice from a health at every size approach. So what that means is it's very weight neutral. We take weight out of the picture. So the way I talk about it with clients is if I were to tell someone I can help them lose weight, that would be unethical because I don't know their body. I don't know how their body holds weight, lets go of weight, all of that. So I can't ethically say, yes, I can help you lose this weight. 
What I can say is I see these behaviors in your life that maybe aren't as health promoting as other behaviors we could introduce. So I can help you make a habit of drinking more water. I can help you make a habit of cooking more at home instead of eating out. I can help you okay. develop these habits that maybe will result in weight loss, but maybe you'll, your weight will stay the same. And so then with that, it's also really diving into this body image piece because a question I always ask my clients, especially with things like this is if we work on all these behaviors and you improve all these different behaviors or, you know, decrease certain behaviors that aren't as health promoting, but your body stays the same, would you still be, mm-hmm. would it be worth it? And a lot of times it's a hard question for people to answer because they're like, well, no, because deep down I want to lose weight. So then it's digging into that of like, well, what do you think this is going to bring you the weight loss confidence? Like yeah. I said, the the boy, the marriage, the whatever. Oh, so it's yeah. really digging into that whole body image piece of like, it's not even as much about the behaviors. It's more it's about. Not an, and it's not about health at that point. Yeah. It's, it's not about, at all about health. So, And that's when you send them to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. yeah, that's, I'm like, yeah. you need to see a therapist. Okay. It's crazy. So going back. So that's keto. We could have done a whole episode on keto. Yeah. Okay. Is that connected to, is there a connection with keto and intermittent fasting? Yes. Because don't you only eat within a, in keto? Somebody was telling me about like their diet and most people don't know. When people tell me these things, it's because they don't know what I do, of course. But somebody, uh, I was at a restaurant one time and it was this guy that I hadn't seen in years and he was like, yeah, I'm the keto diet and I I don't eat until two o'clock and then I only eat for six hours and Mm -hmm. I put butter in my coffee and I'm just like, wait, what? Yeah. I was like, you don't eat till two o'clock. It's crazy. So some people will kind of combine keto and intermittent fasting. What keto is, is it basically, which I feel like when I say this out loud, it again is like, why do people do this? But keto almost in a sense tricks our body that we're in, that we're starving because our body is meant to run off of carbs. Carbs is our body's main source of energy. And with keto, you're running off of fat for energy instead of carbs. And so our body, when it's not getting carbs, it thinks, oh my gosh, I'm in a state of starvation. I'm in famine. Our body doesn't know the difference between a diet and famine, Mm -hmm. starvation. And so what it does, because our body is smart, is it thinks, okay, I don't have enough carbs in store, so I have to run off fat. And the way I describe it to clients is if you think about a car and a car tire, imagine that being like, your carbs. That's the way your body's meant to run for energy. That's your main energy source that can get you anywhere you need to go. The spare tire will work if there's a problem or to get you from where you are to where you need to go to get your tire changed. But it's not going to take you on a cross-country road trip. It's not going to take you very far. So it'll work for a limited time, but it's not going to be sustainable. That's exactly great (laughs) metaphor. (laughs) That's really great. <laughs> I tell that's what I I think that when I tell my clients that that's when it like that clicks makes with sense. them. They're like, okay, because oh. it's not like like yes, our body can run run off of fat for energy, but it's not meant, meant to, to do, do that long term. It can do it, but then it starts cutting into muscle, and then it starts cutting into our organs and all this different stuff that is Ooh. not good yeah just like a spare tire if you keep driving on a spare tire your car is gonna yeah Mm -hmm. and then you're gonna spiral out of control you could break other things in the car yes wow that's good yeah (laughs) he's smart smart gal (laughs) um okay so tell us let's keto aside 
we know it's terrifying. That's evident. <laughs> Intermittent fasting. Yeah. That's the other one I get a lot of questions yeah. about personally. And again, I'm like, I truly don't know. Yeah. Just know it's not great. Tell us the background of why people think it's supposed to work and why it doesn't actually work. Yeah. So intermittent fasting, what it is, is eating in these specific windows. So basically it's taking this idea of, okay, instead of restricting or cutting foods out or anything like that, we're just going to restrict the time that you eat. And so a lot of people on when they're intermittent fasting will maybe eat from like a six to an eight hour window. So like starting to eat at 2 p.m. or like noon is a common time and maybe the last meal will be at 6 p.m. So first, and I say this with a lot of diets, well, all diets, is as a dietitian, we're trained to only practice what the evidence shows. So to practice from an evidence-based approach. So all the research on intermittent fasting, which there's not a ton, but all the research on intermittent fasting, one, most of the research is done on rats, not humans, rats. (laughs) We are not rats, so our bodies are very different than rats, and also there's not much research on the long-term, no, there isn't any research on the long-term effects of intermittent fasting, just like with keto, probably because people don't stay on it long enough, so there's no research to show how this goes long-term. I love that we're talking about this now, too, because there was an article or a new journal article that came out maybe like a week ago, like December 26, I think, talking about intermittent fasting improves your health or like your longevity of life and all of these different things. But when you start reading deeper into it and read more into the research articles that they're going off of, you see, one, it improves longevity of life in rats, again, not humans. And there's no long-term studies. So it's like, how do you even know it's really improving yeah. the longevity when you don't have a, study. yeah, you don't have a long-term study and you haven't studied, followed a specific person or a group of people long enough to see the impacts of it. That aside too, another, some other harmful things about intermittent fasting is it takes our body away from listening to our hungerfulness cues. So, <sighs> so like if you wake yeah. up and you're hungry at 8am, 9am, but you're intermittent fasting, you can't eat till 12, you're out of luck. Like you're yeah. just going to be hungry. And it's sad because what a lot of the research and not research, but just a lot of studies I've read or articles I've read on it is it's like, they know that they know that you're going to be hungry, but they're like, Oh, well your body will eventually adapt. Well, it does adapt. And it does. And that's the problem I think though, yes. because I, when I was very restrictive, I never, I never did that. Yeah. I, I didn't know it, that was, I feel like that's it's most newer. Yeah. Um, but I, would go very long periods of time um, mm-hmm. without um, eating, and two things happened. One, over time, I started to think that I needed less food because yeah. my body did address and it stopped telling me it was hungry. Yeah. And two, I attached the feeling of hunger mm. as yes. like I'm doing a good job. Yes. Like it was like a high for me of like if yeah. I, my stomach was growling, I was like, oh good, this means that yes. like you're losing weight or you're like yes. in control like or whatever. You're dieting well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the feeling of fullness to me became something that was bad. Yeah. So I didn't, so one, two things happened. I changed the way that I viewed being um, full or hungry. Yeah. And also eventually I didn't I would feel full if I mm-hmm. ate anything, mm-hmm. but I stopped getting hungry, Yeah, which 
that's your body does that Mm -hmm. your body tells you it's hungry like that's like the same thing of like you want to be able to feel if a stove is hot yeah so you don't keep your hand on it yes like well, i want to know that my body is hungry so i can so feed i know it. when to feed it it's not hungry because it just wants to like fuck with you yeah it's hungry. <laughs> like it's really it's hungry because yeah. it needs something and yes. that's your body's way of communicating to you yes. so if you are by intermittent fasting what i hear you saying is that's mm-hmm. another way to uh get like part of that is like you'll get rid of those hunger yes. cues well okay well that's really scary that's imagine like you losing another sense in your body yeah. like you, you lose your sight or you lose your yeah. sense of touch or whatever or your ability to know when you need to go to the bathroom and then oh you're peeing my your God. pants all the time <laughs> that is a really good yes. one yeah i would never want to lose because you don't i mean you feel the urge to go to the bathroom you go to the, you bathroom. Go to the bathroom you feel you're hungry you should eat yeah and when we lose our hunger cues it's not something to be celebrated. Again, going back to the starvation mode, famine thing, when our body, when we're not feeding our body enough to just function at a basic level. So like if we were just to stay on this couch all day, our body is still burning calories. It's using energy to keep our blood flowing, our body to regulate temperature, send out our hunger fullness cues. As we're not giving our body enough energy to do those basic needs, it has to start shutting off things yeah. because okay, our heart still needs to keep beating, but hunger fullness cues, those aren't as important or regulating my body temperature or having a period every month. Those things aren't as important as those more like major, like things that actually keep you alive. And so when you notice your hunger cues going away, that's a bad sign. But intermittent fasting is like, okay, that's good good. because now you can get better at intermittent fasting and maybe your windows will get smaller and smaller. Yeah. Which that's another, I I hope you guys heard that. in if you guys are experiencing some of that like yeah. i used to be cold all the time yeah. and i did lose my period mm-hmm. for like two or three years yeah that is a clue that like something something yeah. off yeah. like whatever you're doing right now it's not that's not good yeah and <laughs> like, it's sad i see that with it. so many of my clients and they'll go to the doctor and maybe they'll put them on birth control or do something like they don't even think oh maybe this is because you're not eating enough like they you know think, what I, so uh, this is funny. Um, it's not, this isn't funny at all. I keep saying that. I know what you mean. Um, this is, this is interesting. interesting so yes. in college, when I was in the depths, probably in the most restrictive I was ever, I uh, started losing all my hair mm-hmm. and it yeah, wasn't weird for me to lose my period because I had PCOS. So it never mm-hmm. was super yeah. normal. Um, but I started losing my hair in like clumps mm-hmm. in the shower, like bad. And I've yeah. always had really thick hair. And it actually never, it's still not as thick as it used mm-hmm. to be, but I, I didn't know what I was doing was wrong. Yeah. So of course I go to the doctor and mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like I need to get blood work done mm-hmm. because I keep, I'm losing all my hair. And this is no, like, uh, I love my doctor. It's amazing. Um, there's <laughs> nothing to do with any of yeah. them being good or bad, but I went to the doctor to see like what's wrong and I got blood work and obviously like my weight had dropped dramatically since yeah. I'd been there, but they told me, I forgot what it was. It was like some vitamin. It was like, you just need, Oh, they just told me that I need more protein in my diet or oh my something. Gosh. Like they didn't say anything. Yeah. And so of course I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I, keep going on my with my life Mm -hmm. but i think it's important to note that when stuff like that happens like mm, your hair shouldn't yeah i was 21 my hair shouldn't be coming off clumps yeah anyway okay so another thing with intermittent fasting that i'll mention is 
if you think about the feeding window, so you it tells you to eat from you know a six hour window, eight you hour window, you pick whatever window. Yeah, you, want. you pick the window. But with that, it kind of brings about a risk for overeating or binge eating mm-hmm. because then you're like, oh my gosh, I only have the six hours to eat, so I'm going to eat whatever I can in the six hours. Can you is Internet fasting, do you, are you eating specific things most mm-hmm. of the time? There's no really rule. They don't have any, like, food rules, which I think is why some people are like, oh, well, it can't be that bad. They don't yeah. cut out foods, but they're restricting the time that you eat. So it still is a diet because it's placing some limitations around your food, and it's taking you away from being the expert and putting someone else in charge. And so it's encouraging this idea of just eating all that you can in the six, eight-hour window or however short or long of a window when maybe at that point maybe you're not hungry or you're going past your fullness levels or whatever it may be. So all in all, it's just terrible. Yeah, and two things in that. Obviously, that's going to impact your life dramatically. Yeah. And, I mean, you're not going to be able to do things. Like, yeah. I just imagine, like, if somebody would ask, let's go to brunch. Well, I can go, but I can't eat. Or yeah. I can't drink. So I just have to sit there. Yeah. Like, okay, we can all just agree that going to brunch and not eating is not it's as terrible. fun as going to brunch yeah. and eating. <laughs> yes. And so why is that more important than enjoying your life? Exactly. Um, and the other thing is, I think with all of these, is a good uh, place to talk about this, is... And this is kind of what I was saying before of like, I didn't have any of these issues before yeah. I went on a restrictive diet that these, these behaviors that the diets encourage also are going to encourage you to engage in the eating disorder behaviors like yes. binging. Yeah. So if you have a very restrictive, you're saying, so no, 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 you can't have this. It's like, okay, well for six hours you can have food. You're, you're going to, it's all, that becomes all or nothing. Yeah. So you're not, it's not like a you're not strong enough, that's how you're honestly, like, that's how you're our set up. Made, yeah. set, like, you're yes. going to, okay, we'll have to get all of this in right now. So that's just an example of, yeah, maybe the whole ideology of this isn't so horrible, mm-hmm. but it actually doesn't work because it's going to yes. encourage you to do things mm-hmm. that are worse than what what you were doing before. Yes. Like, yeah. And it makes you feel that yes. concisely. And it makes you feel guilty going back to hunger being a sign yeah. of, like accomplishment it makes you feel guilty if you're hungry at nine or heaven forbid you eat something at nine o'clock and then you're like great now I just screwed up my feeding window what am I gonna like my diet's ruined Mm -hmm. and yeah so then it ends up having a large impact on your mental health your social life and it starts giving you all these like rules around food these disordered thoughts and disordered eating patterns that maybe in the moment you don't even realize how it's impacting you long term but then maybe you end up stopping intermittent fasting but you still have these lingering rules around oh i can't eat after 6 p.m because i remember back when i was on this diet i couldn't do that right and in all diets and specifically this one i it feels like they give you more opportunity to fail than succeed yeah and i think in anything if we're moving towards um, trying to better ourselves in any way, we want to make that as easy as possible for us. And so yes. in the episode where I was talking with Annie about changing our beliefs, it, yeah. I said specifically said we have to make it easy for us to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. And so in the same thing, we're making it really hard for ourselves to yeah. succeed at what we want to accomplish here. Mm-hmm. There are so many more areas where we could bump into roadblocks than we can be like, the only way you can succeed in intermittent fasting is I don't eat for the majority of my life. Yeah. Like, what? It's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so don't like that one. Um, 
can we take a second and chat about the Whole30? Uh, which well, which promotes itself yeah. as a non-diet. Oh, yeah. Food freedom. Food freedom. Mm-hmm. That's the first the first time I ever heard food freedom was Me too. on a From Whole30. Melissa Hartwig post on Instagram, mm-hmm. which I immediately unfollowed yeah. after. Yeah. She, she gave an example, which... I don't know if I should have mentioned her name, but she is the creator. Yeah, of it. everyone so knows that probably. She's, but she ha- posted a video of her being like, "This is what food freedom is," mm. and you guys think I'm so restrictive, but my friend just sent me a tin of cookies, and I'm going to show you that I can eat one. Mm. And <laughs> and um, she was like, "Watch me!" Oh and so God. she like took a bite of the cookie, uh-huh. and then she was like, "This is me having food freedom. I ate a bite of the cookie, and it's all that I want, so I'm not going to eat any more of it." And oh. I was like. Bitch, you, you want to eat mess- that whole yeah. cookie? Like, I do want just one bite of one a cookie. One bite of the cookie, no. unless like, it was bad, but bad right. is in taste, yeah. not bad. <laughs> yeah, but unless it tasted bad yeah. or it was like not a flavor that yeah. you like, like you wanted the whole cookie. Yeah. And so I was like, that's not food freedom. I was like, it's. No. I, was, I actually got a little sad, and I was like, yeah, I feel sad that she can't eat the whole cookie. Yes. Um, yeah. And that that's what in her mind and in so many people's minds that's food freedom. Yeah. But it's not. That is being. A slave to food. If mm-hmm. you think, okay, I'm going to prove to myself that I can eat one bite, but then after that, I can't have any more. Yeah. So Whole30. Yeah. So the whole, mm. yeah. You just go. <laughs> so Whole30. We could do a whole episode yeah. on this one. We too. need to just do we should have episodes on. I'm starting a new podcast that's going to be like <laughs> debunking every single diet yes. there is. And we'll be able to run this for the rest of my life because there'll be a new diet. Oh my month. gosh. Yeah. Gosh. So Whole30 started by who we already mentioned. And I say all this. I'm not bad-mouthing people. Does, but was she a nutritionist or a dietitian? Nutritionist. Okay. But I don't think she was when she first started. I think she did some sort of certification, kind of like you. <laughs> um, but no, she's not a dietitian. Yeah. And all of this, which I should have said at the beginning, too. Sometimes when I'm talking about diets and my you know, thoughts and opinions... I want to make sure people know that it's not just me forming these own opinions that I just have and share with people. This is like rooted in evidence. Like this is mm-hmm. me just speaking evidence that I've studied myself. Which so is why I'm not doing this yeah. by myself because I would <laughs> so just give you my opinion. Yeah. So it's not just me being like, oh yeah, I hate this diet just because like it's stupid. No, I'm talking about why it really doesn't work and why it's harmful. Mm-hmm. So Whole30 was started as basically a version of the elimination diet, which an elimination diet is to be used only when someone has, when you feel like you have intolerances to food. So you're noticing a lot of constipation or just GI distress or things that just don't seem normal, which even an elimination diet is not going to be the first line of defense. So anytime I have clients come to me who are having GI issues, we take other approaches first because our stomach carries a lot of hormones. So if you are stressed, if you're anxious, depressed, or if you're feeling these different emotions, you're going to feel it in your gut. You're going to be bloated or constipated or whatever other stomach issues may present. So we're going to focus on that first, the mental health, stress management, send them to a therapist, all of that. And then if you're still noticing that, then we'll dive more into the food. But with Whole30, it first dives straight into, okay, cut all these foods out and it's also a very broad audience. So it's not even just for people. The way they market it is just for, for everyone. Yeah, it's like, everyone, try Whole30. It's going to make your life better. 
I when was, I think before that also goes into the same idea is if you're having an issue, why are you going to influencer on Instagram yes. to tell you what program they developed? Yes. That's the that's the first issue I yes. see and why Absolutely. I asked what her certification was. Yes. Like if you're having, I mean, and if you think about it, I don't know why it's this way with nutrition, but if you're having car trouble, you're going to take your car to the shop. You're not going to, I mean, maybe some people are going to try and figure out on their own at first what's wrong, but you're going to take it to the expert. So if there is something wrong with your body, like that keeps you alive, you're going to want to go to an expert for that. You're right. You shouldn't go online or oh my neighbor Karen did this so let me do Whole30 and so Whole30 on their website is very I was scrolling through it this morning very very like abrasive negative language around like cut this out you can do a try harder have more willpower just very very intense diet minded while trying to say that it's non-diet food freedom all of that so it's like a mind fuck. Yes. <laughs> Great way to put it. So the thing about Whole30 is, again, like I said, it's cutting out foods that may not need to be cut out. Cutting out dairy, cutting out grains, which grains are great. They're high in fiber, have lots of vitamins and minerals. Dairy, high in vitamin D, calcium. They're cutting out great things. And then it's also going back to the labeling of foods as good and bad. So it's instilling this mindset of, okay, I'm cutting out all these foods because they're bad leaving all these foods in because they're good. Most people start whole 30 because they're wanting to lose weight, but that's not even what it's for. If Yeah. If you're really doing an elimination diet, you're doing it because you're trying to figure out what is wrong with my body. And the way to really do an elimination diet would be you eliminate those foods for probably 30 days. So they are right with that. Maybe longer though. You eliminate any food that could be a potential trigger, but first under the care of, a health expert, aka a dietitian, and maybe a doctor, but a dietitian, and then you gradually start adding the foods back in, because if you think about, even if someone's doing Whole30 to figure out any, you know, stomach issues they may have, and then you add everything back in, how are you going to know what food was causing the problem? Right. Because then you add everything back in, versus a true elimination diet with a dietitian, you pick different foods to add back in gradually. So say you add back in dairy and then you notice, wow, I really am having stomach problems. So dairy was the trigger for me. So maybe all the other foods are fine. So you're adding them back in one at a time. Whereas Whole30, you're not doing that. Well, you know the two things from um, an eating disorder therapist perspective and I've done Whole30 twice. Uh, I never. <laughs> I have the books in my room. <laughs> oh my god! I need to burn them or something. I never did because I think, but, didn't you have to cut out coffee or there was something? I, don't, I didn't drink coffee when I, oh, I drink yeah. it now. But from a, the perspective I sit in is the two things that tend to happen is because most people go on this not to. They might say like, oh, I think that I'm allergic to dairy. Yes. That. That's not really Everyone why you're doing it. Everyone thinks they're allergic um, to dairy. But... <laughs> The two things that happen is one, you create fear around, you create fear foods. Yes. So because these foods are told, okay, this is bad, then you create fear around those foods. And so, and then you end up losing weight and then you're scared, scared to gain the weight back. So yeah. you're then now afraid of carbs. So you're afraid of things like, like oatmeal. Yeah. Like I became afraid. Oatmeal is mm. one of my favorite foods. Uh, Literally could oatmeal. eat it every single day yes. more than once. I got afraid to eat add oatmeal back in because mm. I was like oh this is going to make me gain weight and so yeah. you're so one you're creating fear on foods that aren't scary and then also the other thing is you're setting yourself up 
to create that binge pattern mm-hmm. because a lot of it's a whole 30. Yeah. So you do all this stuff and you, you work really hard and you're not drinking either. So yeah. that brings in the substance mm-hmm. abuse part. Oh yeah. And then on 30 day 31, oh you gosh. open up, you go to the grocery store and you buy all this yeah. shit and then you go out with your friends that night and yeah. then like you overeat and then you feel bad about it yep. and then you create a cycle in that way. And then and you probably start whole 30 in the next day. Yeah. yeah it instills that last supper mentality yeah. when, okay, it's the day before whole 30, let me go out and binge drink yes. and eat everything that I can because diet starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But then day 31, you do so, it again. yeah, you do it again. And then that's why, you know, you're, it's not sustainable. And they tell you to only do it for 30 days. So even if you lose weight, when you add back in those foods, you're going to gain back the weight because you just lost weight rapidly, which is not a healthy, sustainable way. So I think the point of this, we don't even have to get that far into it, is (laughs) it's actually not supposed to be a diet. People misuse it. And if you are using it for what it was created to be used for, just go to a dietitian. Yes. So like... Basically, all this say you should never. There's no reason you should ever be on Whole30 because even if you're having stomach issues or you feel like you're intolerant to a food, you should go to a dietitian where they may have you do elimination diet or a low FODMAP diet or some sort of diet. And when I use the word diet in this sense, it's a more medically necessary diet, kind of like yeah. a diabetic diet kind of thing, where they'll walk you through it versus Whole30 where they have like Beachbody certified coaches who don't have any nutrition uh, background. They have, I looked it up today, how to be a whole 30 coach. It's four weeks, a whole 30 or a beach body. Well, they have whole 30 coaches now. What? Yeah. Four weeks of training and you read their books like food freedom book and stuff. So, I mean, I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. They say if you've done whole 30, either two or three times, then you can apply. <laughs> I meet the criteria. Oh, no, oh please, what a good don't. coach I would be. I would I get certified. Then I'd yeah. be like, Whoever my clients were, I'd be like, don't, don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> they would fire you. She's losing oh. money for the company. <laughs> um, okay, so here's what I'm learning. I guess I already knew this, but I'm learning this even more. Um, any diet, obviously, I think we're going to the specifics of things just because I want to give, I want the people that are out there saying, but this really says mm-hmm. this and this really says this. I wanted to get more detailed into some of them of why it's tricking you to think that and why yeah. that's actually not true. I think because we went, we just went through three specific ones. We can apply that same concept to every other diet. Yes. That it's just a, it's a different means to the same end. Yes. Any other diet, whether that's the Weight Watchers situation, Beach Body, the HCG. Oh my gosh, that is crazy to yeah. me. That is that's that like one. very hard. Yeah. And again, it's like you lose weight quickly, but it's just it's terrifying. So it's terrifying to me the what, the, what we will do to lose weight yeah obviously there's going to be a quick fire round two to this yes um and we can i would love people to like send in questions and ask of like what about this what about this but i also want to talk about just fads in general and so you can talk about more what you hear and what you see and what you talk about so what not just diets but even like health fads yes i'm glad you asked that because i think a thing to note is yes there's a lot of like true fad diets out there but there's a lot of things that are almost kind of disguised and you wouldn't think it's a quote-unquote diet but if you think about like oh I only eat organic or I'm clean eating or I don't eat GMOs or different things where sometimes people don't even understand like what a GMO is or what (laughs) eating organic versus non-organic or things like that so I think things like that can be a 
slippery slope where this it's kind of like this wellness culture. Um, other fads that I see, not a lot with my clients, but a lot just on social media, is the seller juice fad. And uh, I'm proud to say I never tried it. <laughs> yeah, me, <laughs> me neither. But I will say, which this makes me so sad about it, because I love celery. I'm weird, but it's one of, I just love it, mainly with peanut butter. But I was going to say I love it, but it needs to have peanut well, butter yeah, or something ranch on it. it. Yeah. yeah, I've always loved it. But now the prices are more expensive because everyone's juicing oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, not that much more expensive, but still. But anyway, celery juice is just one of the fads. So you really just don't like this fad because it's making the price of your celery increase. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Everyone stop juicing it. <laughs> no. So uh, so these are the things, kind of going back to what you were saying about people will do anything to lose weight. So they won't even really research, like, what what started this? Is this even backed by research? Well, what who is, decided? Th- I mean, oh, celery, let me tell you. celery had, like, a moment in 2019. It, it like, whoever, I, I mean, because celery is just, like, a vegetable. So yeah. it's not, like, a... A, a brand or whatever. So I'm like, who's yeah. doing like the PR for celery Seriously. that was trying to increase its sales? I need them to do my PR. Right. Like, <laughs> no. So, okay. The guy who started celery juice, his name's Anthony William. He has absolutely no medical background. He's not a doctor, not a dietitian, literally no medical background. But he says that he it's has like a real estate agent. Or yeah. Something. Just, you know, a <laughs> random guy on the street, probably looking for a career. He says he has the ability this, like saying this out loud, I'm like, oh my gosh, the ability to communicate with the spirit of compassion <laughs> I did, what? I'm sorry. and who provides him with health information that is far ahead of the times. So basically he's claiming he's like a like psychic, a prophet or yes, like a prophet where he's able to know, oh, no one knows this yet, but celery has all these hidden benefits that no one knows about. But also, do you think that he's mentally unstable? Probably. Which like, it's okay. We all get yes. like that sometimes, but we also don't promote, like, I don't promote anybody following somebody yes. who's mentally unstable yes. with their health. Yes. And I, what? Yeah. Which started at age four. I was scrolling through his no page way. today. Mm-hmm. He apparently claims that he cured his grandmother's lung cancer. And so he's, he says that he has, and I'm going to quote this from his site, or has been using his gifts to read people's conditions and tell them how to recover from their health. He claims that celery juice is a powerful herbal medicine that's killing bugs in our bodies. <laughs> Like, I can't even talk about it without laughing because it's just, it's crazy. And that is why we're yeah. drinking so it. So it has this cult following. But the thing about celery juice that I just want to shout from the rooftops because everyone claims, so the things that people claim about celery juice, oh my gosh, my skin is clearing up. I have, have so much energy. I feel better. Yes. You're drinking way drinking water. more water than you ever have. And so the bottom line with that is it's not the celery it's the water that you're getting. So, yeah, okay, now you're drinking. This isn't celery mostly water. Yes. Like, and then you're juicing it. You're taking out the fiber. Literally, all it is is water. So you're drinking. Like salty water. Is yes. it like, I don't know what it tastes like. I've, it, never, tasted I've it. never tasted it. I've tasted it in juices, but not. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I feel like it's not that good. But what you're getting is just, say you're drinking 60 ounces of celery juice a day. You're getting 60 ounces of water, which you probably weren't drinking before. So now your body's more hydrated. Your skin's clear. You have more energy, of course. But people are thinking it's celery. So if you, if you 
like celery juice, drink it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt you. Yes. But like also don't confuse your celery juice with the um, water you're drinking. Yes. And I'm glad you say that because I say that with all of these kind of like fad, trendy foods. You like it. Yeah. Like it's fine. You shouldn't feel shame if you like celery juice, but make sure to check your intention of why you're drinking it. Like if you genuinely like the taste of celery juice and have the time or the money to spend going and getting these fancy juices or juicing it at your home, by all means, do it all day long to your heart's content. But but don't do it because you think it's going to solve all these problems. And do not do it in the place of a meal. You could have it as a drink with your meal if you want to, but it's not a meal. Same thing with other, like, the whole almond butter versus peanut butter thing. Like, if you like almond butter, eat it by maple, all means. Justin's maple almond butter yeah. specifically. Oh, it's so good. But don't eat almond butter. Like, I have clients who, and it always makes me so excited, who come to me and they're like, I hate almond butter, but I've been eating it for so long, so I'm so excited that I can finally eat peanut butter again. Or anything like mm-hmm. Or if, like, you're going to the grocery store and you don't have the money to afford all organic stuff and you finally have this almost approval of knowing you don't have, have to, to eat well even organic. like thinking about like you know kale's having still in its yeah moment. and i love i like kale yeah. but i don't like every salad i make with kale yeah, no and so if you like iceberg lettuce yeah eat the eat iceberg it. lettuce yes and you're not going to you're not going to essentially live a longer life because you are yes. putting romaine instead of iceberg. Yeah, like no, it's no, not that. It's the same. Yeah, you're fine. And but if you like romaine better, or you like kale better, eat it. Yes. But don't do what I did and trick yourself thinking yes. that carrots are Doritos. Yes, exactly. And I've done that plenty of times where it's like, oh, well, I'm eating the salad because I have to eat it because it's going to make me lose weight or it's the healthier thing. But in this we could talk about in part two. This is like, I could go on another tangent about this. If you're eating something that doesn't even really sound good, you're eating it more out of like, oh, this is the healthy thing. I have to do it. You're not going to walk away from that meal satisfied. You're going to walk away from the meal full. Maybe if you ate enough to be full, I use the, actually I use carrots in this example. So if you eat a bowl of carrots, enough to be full, you're going to walk away from the meal full, but you're not going to be satisfied because you're just thinking about food. Yes. You're still going to be thinking about food. And so what's going to happen is whether it's an hour later, the next day, whenever it may be, you're going to end up overeating or going all out on some other food because you have this lingering satisfaction, like this lingering mental hunger of, Oh, I wanted Let's see. I mean, it could even be grilled chicken and a salad and a baked potato. But, didn't but, myself had but it. yeah, I told myself I couldn't. Just drink three gallons of celery juice. Yes. The prophet told me. Yes. It's going to heal the bugs in my body. And the prophet is, himself, if you go to his website, has tons and tons and tons of celebrity endorsements. And so, which is kind of similar to Whole30. Whole where, I mean, if anyone, if a celebrity gives a stamp of approval, you're like, oh my gosh, Gwyneth Paltrow does it. So obviously I need to do it. So, but, like, she's an actress, not, yeah, I, I'm not even going to get into it. No, <laughs> I'm going to hold myself back. Okay. Lastly, because we told all these people, all the things they should yeah. not be doing. Yeah. What advice do you give to, do you have to give to people who want to live a life where they're pri- prioritizing their health more? And it does come from less of a place of lose weight and more of a place I want to feel good or I want to um, work on these deficiencies I have or what do you, since this isn't the way we know that, yeah. what advice do you give? One, one thing before I even go there. Yeah. If it is body, 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 I want to change my body. Yeah. 
obviously go see a therapist yeah and see a therapist and a dietitian yes because that we the, i mean there's a correlation there yes but what about those people who are like okay it really isn't for me about yeah just the body image that's a piece mm-hmm. but there's another piece what are you yeah so one thing i'll say is a lot of times and and i i guess i see this a little bit more with eating disorders but a lot of times it's even deeper than just like the body like it might be kind of what you and annie talked about in y'all's episode about like trauma of Y'all had a perfect example of someone told you to drink a slim fast. Mm-hmm. And so you start to associate, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me because this outside like mm-hmm. source told me this. So it's, it's so much deeper rooted than that, which is why, like you said, going to a therapist is so important and also going to a therapist that practices from like a health at every size weight mm-hmm. neutral approach. Who's so who's not going to tell you, Oh, just lose weight. And that'll fix everything because we know that doesn't, that's not how it happens. So what I say to people when they come to me, and this is so many of my clients come to me and they're like, you know, I've tried every diet under the sun and I know they work short term and then they don't work. So I'm ready to walk away from that, but I don't know where to start. Like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. So one thing I always say is really focusing on on the behavior. So what we do a lot in our first few sessions is really identify what are areas of your life where you can really focus on now. Like, do you need to start eating breakfast every day? Or do you have a lot of food rules that you've been following that we need to really start to break free from and really start to make peace with food and let you be able to eat carbs and not feel guilty or eat at 8 p.m. and not feel bad that you didn't stop eating at 6 p.m. So focusing on behavior change one. Second thing, ties in is really working on what it means to support your body. So what it means to listen to your body and to support it and to respect it. If you eat a sleeve of Oreos for breakfast, lunch, dinner, you're probably not going to feel that great because you're only getting carbs from that. You're not getting any other nutrients that your body needs to just function. And so that's a way to learn to respect your body and to nourish it of knowing, okay, how can I know that I'm giving my body what it needs every meal snacks throughout the day so that you feel empowered to know how to best serve your body mm-hmm. instead of a diet telling you what you can and can't eat. And then also tying in the idea of respecting your body. So doing it from a way of just health, but not in a way that weight loss is your what you're pursuing. And that health doesn't mean smaller body. Yes, that health, because that's health our culture. Any size thing. Yes, our culture loves to make people think that the thinner you are, the healthier you are, but it's so not true because you could be in a small body, but be very unhealthy and you Mm -hmm. can be in a larger body and be very healthy. So health has absolutely nothing to do with your weight, your size, the number on the scale, any of that. Um, And then the third thing, which we've kind of touched on is prioritizing your mental health because eating again, is so emotional. And so really seeing, okay, when I wake up at midnight and find myself in the kitchen eating ice cream, I'm not doing that because I'm craving ice cream. I'm doing that because maybe I've been dieting for so long and now I feel like I have the freedom to finally do this. Or I had a really bad day and this is the only way I know how to cope with that. And so a lot of what I do with my clients with the help of a therapist too, but a lot of what I do with clients is help them realize what are ways outside it's not of about food. the food. Yes. It's not about the food. And what are ways I can help you cope with these emotions without using food? So how can we cope with this feeling of sadness, this feeling of loneliness, this feeling of anger in a way that's going to be more health promoting for you? Like, okay, I'm angry. If I take, 
if I go walk around the neighborhood and just cool off, take some deep breaths, that's going to be way more health-promoting than sitting down and yeah. eating a bag of Doritos. Yeah. <sighs> I just feel like what you really said is if <laughs> that everyone needs to come see you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what I also hear you saying is that we don't, we won't, and we can't learn how to treat ourselves in a helpful caring, loving way just by listening to podcasts. Yes. So in that, uh, if some of this sounds like something that you want to talk more about, if there's parts of your story that were hit on, if you're tired of dieting, if you're over that and you want something more for yourself than just to be able to fit into a certain size of pants for three weeks, mm-hmm. then I recommend really actually diving into this wholeheartedly with professionals. That doesn't yeah. have to be necessarily me. It doesn't have to be Dylan, but it surely can be Dylan. So, <laughs> Dylan, where – and I highly – she comes highly recommended by me. Oh. Um, how can people reach you if they want to work with you? Yeah. So a few ways. You can go to Dylan Murphy. My name – which I guess they'll see this, but D-Y-L-E-N. DylanMurphyNutrition.com forward slash free call will bring you straight to the page to sign up or book a free call with me. And the purpose of that is for us to chat more about where you currently are, what you're struggling with, and for me to tell you a little bit more about my services. And one thing I really want to say is if you're listening to this and you, maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for wanting to lose weight or for trying all these diets or for having these desires. I want you to feel 100% validated in your desire to lose weight or your desire to diet because, like I've said over and over again, and I beat it like a dead horse, but we live in a culture that promotes this idea of the thinner you are, the better you'll be. So it is so valid that you would feel the need to lose weight or feel the need to start this diet because that's the culture you're surrounded by. Mm -hmm. And I think which is also why it's so hard to get out of that and why working with a professional is so helpful because it really helps almost to bring a third party into your journey, into your story and help you see what life can look like without diets. Um, I also have a free resource on my website. If you go to DylanMurphyNutrition.com slash guide there, I think it's probably like 20 plus pages and it talks all about a lot of what we've just talked through, but I know some people like reading things on paper and it has a bunch of journal prompts and questions and things like that. So I encourage you also to download that um, because I also know financially, maybe it's not, maybe you're not at a place where you can seek out a professional, but you want to find something that's going to be more evidence-based and really get you in the direction you're needing to go. And then also I post a lot on Instagram about all of this. Follow her. Her page is great. (laughs) DylanMurphy.rd is where you can find me on Instagram. It's wonderful. Um, So I want to say, first of all, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And we could honestly probably sit here for three more hours. So we'll definitely be doing a round two. And in that, I would love you guys to, if you have questions or if there's stuff that was confusing to you or stuff you loved or just like, I want to know about this thing or this Mm -hmm. thing that we didn't touch on, email me, message me. You can message me at at three chords therapy as always. So we can get some of that stuff answered for you in that way too. Happy New Year again. Happy New Year 2020. Thanks for spending this day with me. Uh, I'm going to reiterate to you guys that...
just because it's a new year, it doesn't mean you yeah. have to have a new you, and that doesn't have. Yes. And part of that uh, new you doesn't also have to be a new body. Yeah. There very well may be nothing wrong with the one that you have. Yeah. Um, just it might be the perspective you have on that. So have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. As always, thank you for listening. I don't know who you are, but I love you very much. <laughs> Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. <laughs> What a good conversation. I think we definitely got the point across that diets, especially the ones we talked about, don't work and are not the best idea. I also hope that you heard that this is not about the weight. Um, Weight is a symptom. And if you struggled through this conversation, I want to encourage you to answer the question, what is it that I really want? And then start from there. If it is to be smaller so I can like myself better in any capacity at all, I get that. I totally get that, and I want you to know that I get that. Again, this makes sense, and it does seem like that would get you what you want based on how society positions weight loss, our figures, and happiness. But I'm telling you, as someone who does this all day, every day for a living, and someone who has lived this and found out the hard way, pant sizes truly don't solve our problems and putting our energy in that will end up causing us more most of the time. I can't wait for the day that truth is ahead in the fight towards loving ourselves over the lies that diet culture breeds. And I do think we will get there one day. We're getting closer. And until then, I encourage you to want more for yourself. If there's anything I could say in closing us out is want more for yourself than temporary solutions. The cycle of dieting, if you've been it, you know, it is exhausting. And you, and this is something that I'm very sure of, you were created for more than to be exhausted all the time. And I want you to want more than that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for staying till the very end. Please rate, subscribe, comment. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you hate or just tell me hi. Uh, You can catch me throughout the week at Three Chords Therapy on Instagram at Three Chords Therapy and at my website. If you want to check out any of the things that I offer or want to get in touch with me, you can go there, fill out the contact form. That's www.threechordstherapy.com. And I will talk to you all next week. expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one or home to vibes like this and this it might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like whoa and hmm. not to mention we have one of the top zoos in the country so can a city with the country's best pro soccer team ranking as a top culinary destination in the world be in your own backyard yes Columbus plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.